Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the SW6 Daily Podcast. In today's episode, listen, listen, boys, girls, I told you all that we're going to come back with another banger. I know it sounds like I've, I, I sound like a broken record at this point in time, but am I disappointing? I don't think so, not at all. So in today's episode, I've got on three really, really good guests. Two of them have come on the podcast before, and one is this is their first time on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure you know all three of these people. So I'll be starting off with uh, what seems to be like uh, my co-host now. It's a running joke. I've got multiple co-hosts, but that is Matisse. Matisse, what's the same, my G? Hi, guy. What are you saying? It's good to be back. Um, obviously, great times as well. The timing of May night getting knocked out, but we're not gonna we're not gonna troll them too much. It's good to be here. good to be here. Mm, mm, I hear that. Thanks for coming on, my guy. Now, the next person I'm going to be introducing is someone that I'm sure everybody on the platform knows at this point in time. It's either you like him or you have him blocked, unfortunately. But my guy, PYS, what's he saying? Yeah, man, you got it right. You know, people either block me or like me. But, you know, um, I'm looking forward to discussing a lot of things today. I'm in a good mood because of, obviously, what Matisse said, you know, Man United lost. So, but um, we'll see what happens in this episode, I'm sure. The next guest you're going to introduce after me is going to put down my mood with some of his opinions, but we move. Oh, my days. Oh, my days. Now, with that being said, we've got the most shameless Twitter account on the entire platform. We've got on Mediano era. Mediano, what's he say, Maji? You know how we do notorious super villain. We're here to shit on places mood. Oh, my days. Oh, my days. All right, fair enough. Not to waste anybody's time. We'll be going straight into this one. And... Guys, we're going to be talking about something very interesting. We're actually going to be talking about Jody Morris. Now, before anybody clicks off the pod and is like, oh my days, ha ha, you guys are just um, hating on the man. Listen, guys, like, before I let anybody else speak, I just want to just make it very clear. As far as I'm concerned, and you guys will let me know if what you think I'm saying is correct or not. As far as I'm concerned, the way the man went about the whole thing, yeah, what he said was correct. But think about this first. If this was Mauricio Sari, or if this was another one of the, um, if this was another manager we had, or another assistant manager of another club, you would have them properly, properly and well dragged. Honestly, let's all be frank about it. I mean, yeah, he's a human being and is allowed to express his uh, feelings and that, but let's be professional, a bit professional here. This is the assistant manager of Chelsea FC. But that's me talking. Matisse, I'm trying to hear what you have to say about the whole situation. You know what, yeah, just the double standards and hypocrisy from this fan base just sometimes just, it, it tires me from, it drains me, drags me. It's just like, like you said perfectly, if this was someone else, let's be real, if this was someone else who you didn't have such an affinity with, such a connection with, you wouldn't allow it to run. You wouldn't allow them to come on Twitter and run up their mouths and act unprofessionally and do all of these things. Because put it like this, right? If that's Zola, or that's... Not Zola, that's a bad example because people love him. If that's our manager, Sarri, or that's Conte in his last season, you're not, you're not reacting the same way. You're not defending the nonsense the same way that people have gone and defended it. And another thing to spin it, yeah? Jody's the one that's meant to be setting the example. He's the assistant manager. He's the one telling the younger players in the squad how to behave, how to go about social media, how to act accordingly when you're representing this club. It's like my manager at work running his mouth to me today, trying to get rude, saying, oh, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're late, you're late, you're, talk, you're, you're on your phone. But yet, he's on his phone. You can't take instruction from someone who's not consistent, someone who's fucking up, someone who the club already told his backside, do not 
run your mouth on social media, delete your tweets. If, if there was nothing wrong, there's nothing to delete. It's as simple as that. If he had been calm and he'd been doing his thing, they would never have asked him to delete the tweets the first time. But this time he already had to delete them. So that tells you he's done something wrong. Just because people call him out and say he's done it wrong, it doesn't mean they're hating. It doesn't mean, oh, they don't back him. It's just, it's just calling a spade a spade. What he done, whether he's right or wrong in what he's actually typing, is unprofessional and he shouldn't be doing it. Simple as that. And just because some of us are not afraid, we're not, we're not sucking enough to say it, doesn't mean you have to hate. If you don't want to say it, cool. If you don't want to get blocked by Jody, that's your business. Some of us don't care. Some of us are just real. I didn't speak on it because I was like, I really can't be bothered because I already spoke on it the first time. But some of us generally don't care. Like, we'll just call a spade a spade. Was, we don't have no agenda with Sari versus whether they're from Italy, from Cobham. It's the same run. It's, it, it, it literally runs the same for everybody. It's mm. as simple as And unfortunately, he is unprofessional as fuck when it comes to social media. Whether you like to hear it or not, it's just the truth. And if a player did that, that you didn't like, a player that you didn't like, Say if William done that. Say if Alonso done that. You wouldn't be carrying on with the same way. You wouldn't be making videos Careful. defending it. Oh, man, don't waste my time, bro. You already know, bro. They're talking shit, bro. <laughs> I mean, man. Mediano, I mean, Matisse, that's well said there, you know. I mean, like I said, once again, I'm, my thing about the whole situation is whether you think what he said was correct or not, because, I mean, he did make some points in the tweets, but that's not how you sh I don't feel that's how you should go about it. He made reference to Twitter managers and stuff and how they don't know shit. He's right. But why, if that was another person who said that, it'd be like, oh, you're listening to opinions of Twitter managers. Do you know what I mean? The fact that you're even considering them in the first place. But Mediano, I spoke to you about this earlier on and you said it wasn't that deep. I mean, what do you think on what Matisse has to say? I, I agree with Matisse for the most part. I think there's an element of class at Chelsea Football Club, whether it's Conte in history, Peace Armani suit, or if it's... Uh, off the pitch, on the pitch, there's always been an element of class. And I think time and time again, Cody Morris has erred in that he hasn't shown that class that is expected of an administrator at Chelsea Football Club. You know, you're not dealing with, uh, you know, no, no offense to Derby, but this is a European super club. You have millions of fans watching you daily, uh, watching your every move, screenshotting your tweets and so on. And you'll never catch um, when Mikel Arteta was Pep's cone setter. Uh, you didn't catch him on Twitter. And so I don't see why. And, and that's no degradation to Jody Morris, who's, who's a brilliant guy, by the way. He's tactically astute and he, he does a lot more than meets the eye. However, I just don't agree with the fact that my assistant manager is bantering another club on Twitter. That's my job as a fan, I think. Um, and I would feel the same way if Frank Lampard did it. And I don't think you'd catch Frank Lampard dead trolling someone on Twitter um, because he's Frank Lampard. And Jody Morris, as far as I'm concerned, is an extension of Frank Lampard and both of them are an extension of the club. And so what they did was, or what he did, sorry, was unprofessional at, at the bare minimum. Um, but I, I didn't like how I saw people saying, go, the, like, what does he do? And so on and so forth. When it's, it's, it's widely known that Jody Morris is one of uh, Frank Lampard's most assistant managers, albeit his backroom staff is a bit short. I think it's about five people or something along the lines of, but Jody Morris is important. What he did was incorrect. Yes. However, it does. I, I didn't, I didn't really rate how people understated his importance as a result of the tweet. Um, 
So I think you and Matas are spot on. I wouldn't, I, I, didn't, I don't condone it. I don't rate my assistant manager bantering another club. Mm, mm, I hear that. P.Y.S., what do you have to say on those situations before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I agree with, like, both of them. Um, I just get the vibes from Jody that he's a bit unprofessional at times. Like, I don't know, I feel like, especially when you're going to go on Twitter, you have to realise, like, a lot of our fans are, um, or a lot of the accounts that I follow anyway, take the club, you know, really seriously. And like um, Mediano said, you know, we're watching your every move, screenshotting your tweets. And when an assistant manager, um, you know, comes out and just tweets like a load of rubbish you know he was it was almost like he was drunk um and it goes back again to the time where he um, sent shots at Mourinho and it's just like you know like you don't have that that power really to to go up to someone like Mourinho with all he's achieved in the game you know even if even if he is now Tottenham manager you know it's just like I don't get the vibes from him sometimes um yeah it's just it's a bit weird like I, I rate him sometimes you know like his in-game management I remember sometimes um, not sometimes, someone said to me um, or brought back up the Arsenal away game where he actually um, obviously advised Lampard to bring Jorginho on and change obviously the three at the back and that ended up, you know, getting us more control of the game and then eventually we won. So, you know, I'm not going to make judgments about his overall like managerial ability and, you know, his ability as an assistant manager, but on social media, you know, he, he has proven to be unprofessional at times. Um and obviously the club have let him know that as well because he does delete the tweets and, you know, um, but he's not seeming to be um, a learner, let's say. He just continues on doing this every now and then and it's just a bit weird, you know. He, the vibes come across that he's not taking things as seriously and as, you, as the other two said, you know, you wouldn't catch um, other assistant managers doing this on social media, acting this way because they're more professional. And another thing as well, um, Matisse said about the double standards, it's, it's absolutely correct. I mean, People will um, back up Jody Morris, will back up Frank Lampard, no matter what, because they are, um, you know, so-called Chelsea men. And obviously, they're both English. So that obviously, well, in, in my opinion, I feel like that plays a part anyway. I feel like there's massive English bias at this club. But um, yeah, I, I just do agree with Matisse where it's double standards, because if, if this was like a foreign assistant manager, you know, people would be telling him to get out of the club and, you know, fix up and that. But if I'm to reply to Jody Morris, I didn't. But if I was to reply to Jody Morris the other day and say, oh, you know, like fix up or, um, you know, sort, sort yourself out or something, I'm pretty sure I'd have like 10 replies in, you know, a matter of seconds telling me to, you know, shut the fuck up, kill myself. You know, you're not Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea fan and all that. So, you know, I, I do feel like there's a lot of double standards at this club, um, whether that do be, you know, with assistant managers, managers or players. So, yeah. Mm, I hear every single one of your views and once again for anybody that's uh, I mean if you've not clicked off and um, you're still listening to this I went through that and you support the club and Frank Lampard and Morris congratulations you're not uh, you're not a year down so Michelle we shall be moving on to the next um, next thing the next part of discussion now obviously snow is no longer news that um, Benjamin Chilwell is going to be signing uh, for Chelsea so I want to ask because I know Mediano actually socks this man off. So I want to find out what he thinks before I throw it to uh, Matisse and P.Y. So, Mediano, what are your thoughts on uh, Chilwell actually signing up for Chelsea? Look, we've went down a bargain route initially on left-backs. Emerson, 20-odd million. Alonso, 20-odd million. Baba Rahman, wherever he landed, 
12 odd million, if I remember correctly. So this whole budgeting left backs, let's buy Regayon for 25 million, top deal, so on and so forth. I just don't, I, I, I don't think he's a bad player, but I don't think he's a complimentary player. I think what we need is someone who, A, wins aerial duels because we suck at aerial duels, and that's an understatement. And Chilwell averages double the aerial duels. We need someone who has a good engine because if you've noticed, we tend to tail off massively 80th to 90th minute. Whether that's down to Frank Lampard's system, high pressing, high octane, people are just gassed, I'm not sure. But if you recall, the, 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 I think it was away at Sheffield when we drew 2-2, uh, when we conceded two goals in, in the 85th minute and on. That's unacceptable for anyone wanting to close the gap in quotation marks. Um, and so I think, is Ben Chilwell expensive? Yes. If we can get him for $50 million, is that overpriced? No, because market value is only what A, buyer is willing to pay, and B, what the asset is worth to his club or company. Ben Chilwell is obviously worth it to Leicester and obviously worth it to Lampard. So, look, look, listen, listen. Klopp, Klopp, Klopp and Liverpool's director of football wanted him before Robertson. They were priced out. Pep wanted him before Mendy. They were also priced out. So the fact that we're getting him for about as much as up front as what Pep paid for Mendy, which is fifty-two million. I don't, I don't see a drawback. Albeit, he's not a world beater. I never claimed he was, and I don't think he'll ever be. He's not the next Ashley Cole. Will he come in and drops a seven and a half every game? Probably. Will he have an off game? Probably. He's twenty-three. There's room to improve. That's my point. He improves us, irrespective of what other transfer targets there are. Ben Chilwell improves that back line. I mean, PYS, you've unmuted your mic, fam. What do you have to say about what Mediano just said? Yeah, well, I just don't agree with Mediano at all on many things. The only thing I do improve, um, do agree on is the fact that he can improve, but um, you all know my first choice left-back target is Regulion. Um Watched him again tonight, superb. Um, yeah, I mean, to start off, he's talking about, you know, going down the budget you know, root for left-backs. But then he mentioned Baba Rahman and Emerson, two players that no Chelsea fan was keen on anyway in, in the first place. And no Chelsea fan thought that, um, or thought that they were good players. So, um, you know, they were... I would agree Emerson. with You don't agree with that? I mean, think about Emerson. I mean, I was sorry to cut you off in it, but like, Emerson is a player that when I saw was going to sign, I was actually really... Yeah. Because yeah, he but, was a good player before, in it, But he just went down. But but Emerson's, Emerson's average, like... I even got that vibes when he was, you know, when he was linked. But when you're looking, if you actually watch Regulion, there's definitely something special about him. And, you know, even after after tonight, you know, one of the biggest Man United accounts is saying, you know, Chelsea shouldn't sign Chilwell, we should sign him. And I, I just completely agree for so many reasons. Mediano was saying, like, um, Chilwell's, you know, 50 million and trying to justify that price tag. First off, he's not worth 50 million. He's a 35 million pound player. Um, at the very most, um, and and second off, I don't believe he is a massive upgrade over like a Regulion who you can get for cheaper. And then the thing is, if you get a Regulion, then 
you can actually spend more on the centre back. So instead of going for Dunk, you can go then for Declan Rice, pay that extra bit more for Declan Rice, who can play centre back and can also cover DM. Because this is what I mentioned on Con's podcast as well, his latest podcast, is that Kante gets injured every three games with a hamstring. So it's like I would rather put more of my put more of the money into Rice than I would for Chilwell because he can cover both spots. So and I believe he's a massively better player than Chilwell anyway. He's got huge potential. Um, so I just don't see the logic behind Chilwell. You know, people are saying back Frank. Well, you know what? That's fine. If we have Chilwell at our club next season, let's see who's right in the end. Because the thing that gets to me is that these people are saying like, oh, um, I'd rather believe, you know, um, Ashley Cole and Frank Lampard over some random Twitter account. So, you know, that's fine if you want to have the arrogance, but if you can't form your own opinion from watching players, then you're just jumping on the train because Reguilion is a miles better player than Chilwell um, and it has higher potential than Chilwell. And I hope he does get a big move because I really see the, the promise in him. And to Mediano's point about Pep and all this saying, or Pep wanted him and Klopp wanted him, I actually have a tweet up right here which says um, the following. Terry said build around Pedro and William. Lampard plays Mason Mount on the wings over fit wingers, regardless of him being shit there. Fabregas thinks Mane's the best player in the world. Uh, Giggs said Dan James is a world-class winger and he's the main reason that boy is still in the living at Manchester. Uh, Rafa Benitez said Terry was finished a year before he won another league title. And Mourinho had you convinced that Oscar and William were better options than Matter and KDB. So it means absolutely fuck all that um, these um, you know pros and ex-players and managers um, have this opinion on someone like Ben Chilwell. Um, it's been proven in the past that, you know, professional, you know, legends have got it wrong. So, and I do believe that's the case here again. Um, I'm firmly sticking by Gullion being my first choice signing. But um, at the end of the day, my judgment doesn't really matter. It's what the club think. And if they get Chilwell, you know what? Fine. I hope he does well in a Chelsea shirt. This is the thing that pisses me off, right? I hope he does well in a Chelsea shirt because it's my club. I support it, so I'd want him to do well. And I want him to prove me wrong. But what I actually think is he's going to do really bad, have inconsistent games, and we're going to be stuck with him for a few years trying to offload him because we're going to overpay for starters. And second of all, no one even wants this guy anyway. It's only us. So, you know, that should be a red flag anyway if people, you know, top clubs don't want him. So... Yeah, that's all I have to say, really. I, I hope he does well, chill well if he comes, but um, I don't personally think he will do. Matisse, whose side are you on? Talking, EYS talking that good fucking talk again. See what I'm saying? Listen, yeah, this is a great argument to make about managers um, wanting players because now we have to, if you're going to agree with everything Lampard says and you're going to say that, you're going to use that as a justification as to why you want a player, then you, that means you have to agree that Rudiger should have started ahead of Tomori. Now, Mediano, do you agree with that? I don't think Rudiger would play for my Sunday league team. <laughs> I play centre-back. All right. Do you believe that William should have started ahead of Callum Hudson-Odoi when he was fit against um, Norwich? Uh, we'll be playing a double pivot. I can't remember, but, but the, the point is, is that look, Lampard look, wanted to keep we, William, which would have, would have decreased Hudson-Odoi's game, game time, quite obviously. So the point is, is that just because a manager or a pro says it, it doesn't mean we have to take it as gospel. They have got things wrong before, as PYS has said. And the thing is, it's not even, it's not even too much of a who's better player. The point is, is that nobody is completely superior in this aspect. So to overpay for one, and, and I know you used the point about the budget. We've, we've spent before. 
we we spent loads on Kepa, we spent loads on Morata, we we spent big money on players. It didn't make them good. It's not really about the price here, it's about the player at the end of the day. You can say we spent little on left backs, but we spent loads on a striker, we spent loads on Bakioko, loads on drink. It doesn't make a difference about the price because the at the end problem. of the day, with the player. But that's the problem. That's what I'm talking about. You're talking about Kepa, who was absolutely and undoubtedly bad before we signed him. He's never had an above 70% save percentage. You're talking about Murata, who's never scored above 10 league goals. You're talking about... You didn't talk about Jorginho, but since we're on the topic, you know. You're talking about... I'll talk about Jorginho, a player who's very... Jorginho had... Not, let's, let's, not let's, get it, let's get it right with Jorginho. Let's get it right with Jorginho. We yeah. came from a insufferable, disgusting negative vibe and possession, like counter-attacking base system under Conte in that final season when he was getting slapped up to, to Watford 4-1 and managed to hurdle our way to an FA Cup. We went from that to playing with the ball. Do you... Yeah, so, um, you're not, um, Mateus, you're not too Mateus fussed about well. playing with the ball, Mateus, but Lampard is. In as well. Like, you know what you're saying? Sorry to cut you off, but what he's saying about Jorginho and what you're saying about Conte, like, it's completely right. With Jorginho, you can't chat shit on him, can you? Because... We was playing some disgusting football before, and him and Sari came in and completely changed, you know, our no, way of didn't. playing. We were playing disgusting football under no, Sari. No, we no, were no, getting... no, we weren't. No, we no, no, bent, bro. no. We, we had a dip. Over. We had a dip. We bent over middle. by Bournemouth. We had a dip during Bournemouth. the middle of the season. What happened we was very well, and we played what? good football throughout. Let's be honest. Yeah. What happened was is we played. So then, isn't that on Lampard and not Sari? What happened is what Lampard happened is we got them. We played beautiful football for the Gino, first few months. Then we had a rough patch because you will see that our chances created under Sarri was quite high. We didn't take our chances, so we didn't score the goals. Hence, it looked boring. By the way, the football this season hasn't been particularly spectacular, but nobody wants to talk about that. But that's cool. Frank Lampard comes in and, and try and tell me how Frank Lampard transitions this team after, Sarri, after Conte, immediately after, with no Sarri in between, no possession football, no build-up play, none of that, which he all wants. How does he do that coming straight after Sarri? Um, coming straight after Conte, without the Sarri transition? So, Explain. Sorry, and, as I sorry can see, and Conte? Jorginho taught this team how to play possession football. No, I don't agree. You're, you guys are placing so much importance on him. Sarri and Conte are positional play managers. They're both the same managers with the same principles. One likes to, likes to build from a rigid three at the back. One likes to build from a more loose, but also three at the back. Jorginho just drops a little bit lower. And so it still forms a three at the back. I'm telling you, there's no way the same guy Jorginho has tricked this fan base like that. It makes no sense. He's not that good, man. If the same Thiago, man that had us walking if, away if to Man City. Trying to face. tell me. Spit in, spit in my face if he's Thiago. Thiago actually makes that difference. Jorginho doesn't. Verratti makes that difference. I'm not saying Jorginho, Jorginho is better than Thiago. I'm just saying Jorginho, no. you can't slander him like that. Just saying. I, I can and I will because I put him in the, you can't put him in the Kepa. You can't put him in the Kepa barrier. Like no, 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 way no. More. no one's no one's as bad as Kepa. I'm sorry, I wouldn't. You mentioned him like in the same breath. Mediano, Mediano, Mediano. You made a list. Let's be honest. You're just was Jorginho not? You made you made a list and you put. And he was made a list and you put Kepa. Yeah, he was. They were all overpriced. Morata and Ben Chilwell is overpriced as well. And Ben Chilwell is overpriced as well. Yeah, except he actually fits the league. He's from the Premier League. Barkley fit in the That's league. what matters. Barkley fit in the league. 
Like, just because they no, played Ross in Barkley's this league, it doesn't mean... Since he's been at Everton, man. Ross Barkley hasn't developed at all since he's been at Everton. Ross Barkley was the next Paul Gascoigne. Gascoigne, fam. He was, he was unbelievable. He was absolutely unbelievable. Two-footed player that was, behind Lukaku. That was a Lukaku carry. Unbelievable business at 15 million. Unbelievable business at 15 million. Drinkwater was we, suited to this league. Title with Leicester. I'm just saying, just because a player has played in this league, it doesn't mean that they're going to step up to the next level. Zaha at Man United suited to this league before he went to Man United, flopped. Just because you've played in this he league, it doesn't 20. mean you're ready to step up to the next level. It doesn't mean that. It just doesn't. You're, making, you're, you're, just, you're just playing a percentage game at, the, at, at this point. But I have to ask yeah. you, if, if, if Chilwell if means the, we don't get over that and we have to get a, 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 a mid-tier goalkeeper to replace Kepa, which would you prefer? Because we can't so, pretend like we have infinite and if you want all your situations sold this summer, then you have to budget. It's as simple as that. And when you're not getting an indefinitely superior, way better player, you can't tell me Chilwell is way better than the target me and PYS are giving you. So if you're going to pay double for Chilwell, just for a little bit of athleticism, and then you end up getting a mid-goalkeeper who could save you 10, 15 points if you got O'Black, which one are you choosing? O'Black's 120 million quid flat. There's, I, don't, I don't care who he is. I don't want to pay that much money for a goalkeeper ever again. We got Courtois for free. We paid eight million for <laughs> seven and a half million quid Bro, for Chess. Sure? Oblak's literally the best. I don't think spending I don't think spending on a goalkeeper is necessary, bro. We could have we could have had we could have had that bum boy Gator from Crystal Palace and we would have saved 10 to 15 points. Capers just that shit. It's not that other goalkeepers <laughs> are that good. Kepa's literally just that bad. Bottom line. Mediano, we're not disagreeing you with you that Kepa is shit. So, we're so that... why would you pay $100 million for all Because, because he's understand. the best goalkeeper in the world. Okay, it's okay cool. Like Yo, no, sign, sign, sign that, sign that midget Argentinian like then for $100 It's million. like Havertz. If you have the amount of cash to spend, you spend it on a player you can't pass on. It's the same with Oblak. Now, I'm not saying we're going to get Oblak because it's wildly unrealistic. But for you to sit here and say, Hypothetically, if we had the money, you don't want to spend that just because Kepa has been a flop. It's ridiculous. They're two different no, players. No, it's, it's not because Kepa has been a flop. Gentlemen, be, be honest with yourself. If you get Nick Pope, gentlemen, if you get Nick Pope, you're going to have to replace him again. Let's be real. If you're trying to reach the pinnacle, are we trying to win the Champions League or what are we trying to do here? Are we just exactly. trying to build Brexit? Well, if you, you want, want to, to win the Champions League, this, this, this is not going to be Nick Pope at the end. This is the first time since 2014 we've qualified back-to-back -back in the Champions League. Qualified. I don't want to think about competing you, until, we're, until, we're domestic, until we're domestic threats again. We're not a domestic threat right now. We need to build towards that. No, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right there. Sure, do. Now, hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there because that's how you start building all these squads that have mediocre players that take years to get off. Listen, no. look at the likes of Bakayoko. If you're going to try... See, I'm not even going to put Nick Pope in the same bracket as the likes of Drinkwater and Bakayoko. But what's the what? essence of going out and buying these lot for cheap amounts, okay? Bring them into the squad. They absolutely fuck up the wage bill. And then they're going to sit down on the bench for three to four years collecting free peas without doing anything. No, it's not going but to happen. That's because we're cheap. We can I be honest? Can I be, can I be honest? Can I be honest? We're idiots. We're idiots. That's that's our board's fault. They said Can I be honest? Back what you just did as a bench player. They were bought as bench players. Back what you just did with our left back century. You did the same thing with the goalkeeper. How? Because you just allowed you just you just downgraded on a goalkeeper because Kepa's that shit. Whereas you think we're downgrading the left back because he's cheaper. That's what you just did. No. No. 
we have I just, no I just offered back. you the best goalkeeper in the world and you said for you don't need someone that good. That's quid. what you just... For 120 million quid, that's what you offered me. Am I going to take that? Probably not. We can get a stopgap goalkeeper and then reassess the situation next season. Well, and then waste another season where we're just arguing. Yeah, that, and, you know, no, no. What do you mean, man? goalkeepers if, if don't Kepa, fix if, anything. If Kepa, we need, a, we need an established was... goalkeeper right now that's going to push us to third and win us a trophy next season because that's my expectation. Okay. So, yeah, of course, and that's everyone's expectation. Yeah, so so a stopgap goalkeeper is not going to help do that, is it? Like, what? It will, man. He doesn't goal... have to be dog shit. Who, who's the stopgap goalkeeper? Who's the stopgap goalkeeper? Who are you suggesting? Oh no, no, Nick Pope. Okay, oh no, is decent, but yeah. I don't really think that's stopgap anyway. He's, he's yeah. decent, and he million, costs twenty. And he's, he, he's decent, and he costs twenty million quid, and he has a better save percentage than Oblock this season. Yeah, so but, what's the difference, man? But, but boy, it's twenty million gap. quid. No, and you no, can no. sell him on for forty next season if he's ass. Easy money. No, Why is hang on, not going to lie. That is the Anana's same logic I just used for the left back. That's the that same good. logic. In the Champions League, it's great. So get, let's get that straight first off. All right. In the Champions League, he's very, very good, Anana. But in his own league, he sucks. So what does that tell you then? That's concentration issues from the straight off, you know? Like, I don't... I'll take Anana, but percentage is still 80% that in the league, bro. That's he's the same just, logic. He's still a good goalkeeper. Just because yeah, he keeps doesn't mean he's hey, bad. Me Expensive honest, doesn't equate to that. No, you, uh, and you're not getting what I'm saying. You're calling Onana a stopgap goalkeeper as if we're going to buy him and sell him next season. That's not happening. If he shits the bed, if he's bad, but, we have the opportunity to sell him. That's but the I same logic. I just used the left back. So why, so why can't you... Oh, my God. So why can't you do that with the left back when arguably the goalkeeper is a bigger issue than the left back, is it not? Who would you rather see? In, all right, put it like this. Who would you rather see in your team next season? Kepper, or would you rather see the left-backs that we have right now? Who, who, who are you picking between which one? I'd rather see Packmerson on one leg than see Kepper in goal again. <laughs> what? <laughs> are you joking? Well, then, touche, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Kepa is that bad. Oh, my God. We started, we started the FA <laughs> yes. Cup final Great. with a 40-year-old porn star, bro. His name's Johnny Sins. I'm writing this slander on Kepa though, I can't lie. It's good. Okay. Like okay, okay, okay. Now that um you lot have finished your little um argument, you know your husband and two wives discussion. Can uh, Matisse, can you just wrap up this uh, Benjamin Chilwell thing so we can move on to the next talking point? My my whole thing is with it is that we're overpaying for someone who's currently overrated at that price. I think you can I even- agree. And, 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 I, and I think you can even see with Leicester fans' reactions there, the same reaction with Maguire. Do not be surprised if Leicester go out there, claim our 50 million like they robbed Man United and improve on that player as they did this season, as they will next season with the left-back. Do not be surprised if they sign a Tagliafico, whoever you want to get, and they improve at left-back. Because their fans, their fans are not even... You know, it's a, it's a, there's a big difference between the way West Ham fans are carrying on with Declan Rice. And I'm going to take their word because they watch them weekly which we don't. Compared to, compared to the actual club, you will never know more than them. I don't believe that. So, I just think the way West Ham fans are reacting with Declan Rice, if I had to pick between Declan Rice and, and Ben Chilwell, and, and let's not assume Chelsea get both, because at the end of the day, it's very clear that Chelsea need to offload players as well. Not because of money, just because of squad space. So, you can't just say we're just going to sign everyone. If you had to choose between Declan Rice, who P.Y.S. mentioned, centre-back and holding midfield versatility, leadership qualities over Ben Chilwell, you would. So, And you can see by the way West Ham fans are reacting. That's what was alarming to me. 
West Ham fans, the way they're reacting with Declan Rice, they're acting like God is leaving. They're, they're saying, yeah, you have to pay 80. He's worth that. The way he, the Leicester fans are not too bothered about Chilwell. Let's not remind, let's not, let's not, let's not forget. A couple of seasons ago, he was behind Fuchs. He wasn't like, he's not been here that long. He's only had two seasons. For me, one very good one and very, one very poor one. That balances out to average. So, and, and let's not say, I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't have potential. I very much agree he has the potential to be good. Right now, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to massively improve us. I just think he's decent. But what I will say is don't, let's not, let's not pretend like this potential is guaranteed. The potential is never guaranteed. You have to actually reach your potential. And he could be Luke Shaw or he could be Ashley Cole. It's up to you. But for £50 million, I'm expecting some serious shit to come out of Chilwell. I'm expecting some serious quality. Is it, when you, I'm, not, I'm not blaming him for the price. I'm not blaming him for the fact that Chelsea are interested. But if we're paying that amount of money and potentially missing out on a top goalkeeper, missing out on, um, on a top centre-back, missing out on, on, on signing a holding midfielder, if that's what's going to happen... He better be fucking good. Simple as that. He better be fucking good. I agree he's over I agree he's overpriced. I don't think when that's he hit, a fair price. When he comes up against top wingers, he usually gets spun. And remember, we're playing Champions League football. We're not just talking about Premier League, we're talking about Champions League. We're trying to do shit on, on levels as well. We're not just playing this 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 Premier League game. It's the Champions League. When you talk about players that are already settled in the Premier League, all this rep. It's not just about that. We're, we're a global club. We're going for, for multiple honours. We're going to Europe as well. We're not just talking about the Premier League. Do you know what I'm saying? You could talk about, maybe you wanted to talk about, oh, Diego Costa. Maybe he's not going to settle. He doesn't speak the language. Duh, duh, duh. Maybe we should have just signed Vardy. Diego Costa was tailor-made for PL football, though. It's not even the same. Diego Costa was literally tailor-made for this style. Oh. Like, that, but I, I don't, I'm not saying Chilwa. I'm not saying Chilwell is like a steal or that I'm head over heels, bro. I'm just saying he's better than all the other options we've linked to. And oh, the, the left my back, God. Oh, the, my God. The nah, left nah, nah, back, I've actually been the, sat here listening to all of this for the last, what, 10 minutes. And that is, nah, 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 nah. The, the left back market? You know, the, oh, name, me, name me three good left backs on the market. You can't. There's, there's zero good <laughs> left backs on the market. Alaba's on the market, but he doesn't want to come here. Yeah, hey, Jana, you could say as well. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if he's on the market, but um, you could say Dinya if we swap, say Zuma with money. You know, you could do that. I read, so, I read Dinya, Dinya. But we probably got shot down. I'm sure we asked Everton, would you take Kurt Zuma and some cash for Dinya? And they told us to fuck off. Like, I would well, assume that's that's I don't think much. It's an official approach that like has been with Chilwell. I just think he's one of our targets, as Matt Law said. Um, but you okay. Know, I, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. You know what? You know what? Let me just throw in a little hypothetical here and then you all give me one word answers, okay? One word answers, and uh, we'll move on to the next talking point. So, starting off with you, PYS. If, if, Chilwell, Reguillon, um, Tejas, and Tagliafico were all the same amount, who are you going for? Reguillon, straight away. Matisse? Sorry, say that again. Wow, I said, I if, if you were to go, if you, if all, if Chilwell, Reguillon, Tejas, and Tagliafico were all the same amounts, if they all cost the exact same and they were all available, like, and Chelsea wanted them, or who would you go for personally? Yeah, I'd go for Reguillon, but only only just over Tagliafico because I do think he would be a good stopgap, as mm. my man Mediano said, stopgap. <laughs> so, so then it wasn't, so then it's not the money. So what is it? But they're both the same price, so it is the money. Yeah, so if it's if it's not the money, then what is it? 
the quality Chilwell, sure well is Chilwell's not better. It's, it's, still, it's still the same answer. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's just still it's still the same answer. Oh, 100%. <laughs> still the same answer. 100%. So, Mediano, to round up with you. Chilwell. Jesus is Lord. You're, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You're a waste. <laughs> I like the variety though, that's good. Yeah. It's been a yeah, good debate. Yeah, to be fair, I'd go with Tagliafico out of all the four of them, but that's just my own personal opinion. So with all that being said, obviously, um, you made some comparisons. I think that was you, Matisse. You were basically talking about how uh, the Leicester fans were talking about, oh, if, if this guy leaves, then, well, just thank you for the money and you can take him and we can fuck off with the money. And how Declan if he's leaving, it's Robbery. like... Yeah, exactly. And if Declan Rice leaves, then it's like almost as if Jesus Christ is uh, leaving West Ham. So with that being said, CFC underscore Cal is asking, what's happening with Declan Rice at the moment? Because obviously we're seeing a lot of this Lewis Dunk stuff. So what do you think of the Lewis Dunk rumours? And would you rather have Lewis Dunk over Declan Rice? No, I prefer Declan just because I there's two things I look for. So it's either potential to be world-class or world-class right now. Um, for me... I'm seeing from Rice, he has the potential to be a very top player. Um, whereas Dunk is not world-class right now. And he's also turning 30, I think, in like next year. So not that that's a huge issue, but when you're looking at a defender that's going to cost you probably £50 million, usually plays in low blocks. Yes, he's very good on the ball, but in a higher line, it's a different ball game. Got good leadership skills. He's ticking a lot of boxes, don't get me wrong. If Dunk comes in, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to be like ranting and raving. I'm just saying, in terms of what both, if you're matching both the players up, um, Declan Rice is giving you positional versatility, he's giving you the same leadership, he's giving you, um, you know what, camaraderie as well, to be fair, he knows the boys better, so that that, that ticks a box these days on the attributes on Twitter, um, and, and he just has more potential to reach a higher level, so if you're going to overpay, if you're going to pay a lot of money for both of them, you may as well just go for the guy who's younger, who's going to at least give you more shelf life, he's got sell-on value, loads of things business-wise that just tick boxes, um, so yeah, I, I would probably pick um, Declan out of the two, but not that we can afford them after going for Chilwell. <clears throat> mm. <laughs> <laughs> I had to drop that in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to get involved. I mean, the thing as well is like, because obviously I prefer, I'm because I mean, I'm PIS. We talk about this next as well. I'm not really the, this De- this Lewis Dong thing is like. When you tell me Chelsea Football Club, that institution is being linked to Lewis Dunk, I'm like, eh. you know what I mean? I'm like, eh. is that really who I want as my centre-back? But on the other hand, when I look at the actual options we do have, you've got the hustle merchants, you've got Christensen, off and on Christensen. Who else have you got back there? I mean, you've got those two that you really want out of the club, innit? So, PYS, what do you think on the actual rumour, like the links with uh, Lewis Dunk? Would you be happy if this, the club signed him for 40 million? And we didn't end up getting Declan Rice because of a certain ching-ching for Chilwell. thing is, like, with Lewis Dunk is that I think he's a good defender. I think he's a good, solid defender. But, like, when I look at the table and what we need to actually win a title with Lampard or progress in the Champions League further than we have done, I'm, I'm really, like, 50-50 slash 60-40 on whether Dunk is actually that fixed. Because, as Matisse said, he's... He's getting on. He's slow. Yes, he's a good defender, but it's like, and he, he does win aerial duels, but it's like, as you said, like, we're, we're Chelsea and we're getting linked with like a Lewis Dunk. Like, that's just a, how do I explain it? It's just, um, it's an average name. Like, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like a, a Havertz, a Ziyech, a Werner. Yeah. 
This is the sort of name I would expect, sort of, you know, sort of under a Conte or something. You know what I mean? Where he, where he didn't have that amazing pole power, but we've seen that Lampard does have good pole power, and we've seen that we've got money to spend. So for you to turn around and say, you know what? I'm going to spend 40 million on Lewis Dunk as, as your centre-back option next season. I just, I'm so unsure on it. Um, and I think I would be unsure until I see him play for Chelsea. And that's the thing about this signing is, while I think he's good and he's underrated, I just don't see him the necessary step up to like what we need. I mean, you're looking at our current centre-back options and I'm looking at Kurt Zuma and I'm thinking, what is the difference between Lewis Dunk and Kurt Zuma? Now, mm. because... That's now listen, because listen, one. because Kurt Zuma, you could say the same things about Kurt Zuma as you can for Lewis Dunk. You can say he's a good tackler, he's good in the air, um, he's decent one v one. And in fact, Zuma's very decent one v one. He makes good last ditch tackles. Zuma has all of that. Dunk has all of that. Plus, with Zuma, you have added pace which Dunk doesn't have. So it's like, and Zuma's younger, and he and we already own him. So it's like, is he really the upgrade that we actually need? Now. To flip it on the other hand, you put Declan Rice in there and now you've got me thinking because Rice is younger. He's a leader, which we don't have. So it's like Dunk is captain of Brighton, but I think that Rice would be a better signing because I just think he's going to be able to grow and progress more, basically, especially as a leader. I feel like he can, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be like the next John Terry or anything, but some of the interviews I'm seeing from Declan Rice are just... They're blowing me away. Like, this guy's mentality at such a young age. Um, and he's picked it up so quickly. So, it's like, I really do believe in Declan Rice now. Um, I mean, I didn't a few months ago. But the more I've watched him and the more I've listened to him and the more people have sort of, you know, told me about his strengths and his qualities and, and everything, I just sort of, I'm sort of starting to agree with them, really, on Declan Rice. And um, to go back to what Matisse was saying was, um, you know, I'd rather would spend the... 50, 60, whatever, how much we're going to have to spend on Rice and I would a chill world because Rice is going to be able to grow and he's going to be able to progress. I think he's already a better player um, and he's a leader, which we don't have. Um, and he's going to cover that centre-back and DM spot. He just has so much more. Um, plus, he had, in fact, I want to touch on what Matisse said. Um, plus, he had, in fact, a fan opinion as well. And it's because, you know, West Ham fans are saying, as Matisse said, they're like, you have to pay 80 million. This guy is amazing. Like, he is, he's God to them. What's Chilwell to Leicester? Chilwell to Leicester is someone they want replaced. You know, I saw a tweet earlier, um, which was obviously linking Chilwell to us. And under the replies was Tagliafico edited into a Leicester kit. I mean, that's one of our targets and they want him. So it's like, why are we going after Chilwell when Leicester fans themselves want one of our left back targets? Plus, they want. Um, folks to replace Chilwell you know that was during games um, this season and with Chilwell as well can he defend against top wingers I mean he's been skinned and destroyed by Mane and Mares, and they're two of the best you're going to come up against next season so I mean I just don't believe in this Chilwell transfer I, I really don't I'm so negative about it but if it does happen then um, sure as I said previously if um, you know about 20 minutes ago whatever I will try and back him I will try and you know want him to succeed even though I'm totally against the signing it's like me with Mason Mount you know it's like I, I want to like him I want him to do well but I just don't like the player so I can't really have that total belief in a player that as I said I don't believe in so it's like it's hard isn't it mm, mm. I mean I hear that I hear that I hear that fully you know but like I mean 
I hear all of that. I, but going back to Lewis Dunk, like, properly as well, like, I mean, because a lot of people on the TL, and this is one of the issues I keep having, you know, because it makes it very difficult. For example, someone like myself, I remember when uh, PYS, when both of us argued about her verts um, a while back, I think it was in April or March. I think you've seen deleted the tweets, boss. I can't, rem- I can't remember, and I think I do have screenshots, so you can't really hide on this platform. But, I mean, that's just me taking the piss. But what I'm trying to say is a lot of people, yeah, don't really do, like, for example, I knew quite a bit about Havertz before Chelsea got linked to him in the first place because I actually did love the player and I was watching him in the uh, Bundesliga. I knew that he hadn't been performing too well prior. But what am I trying to say? A lot of people don't know. They know, they know fuck all about Lewis Dunk. And some of them know fuck all about Reguillon, okay. And I don't really know that much about Lewis Dunk, to be honest. I've watched a few games here and I've actually sat now watched quite a few games and a few highlights and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, it's definitely an improvement on what we have. But Mediano, do you really think he's worth £40 million? And some people are saying that he gives them, like, Gary Cahill vibes. Do you think a lot of people are just agreeing with this because we need to upgrade on our centre-back options? Or do you actually think he'd be worth the money and he's going to make a difference in, like, what, for, for the next three, four, five years? Look, I'm a pragmatist, okay? I like when things work out given the lowest value possible. So... That being said, we won a Champions League with Gazda at centre-back, paired with the Afro Clown, who was superb that day, mind you. Um, but do I, think, do I think Lewis Dunk is going to be better than Declan Rice? No, Declan Rice is two times the player right now, and he'll probably remain two times the player. I'm a huge Declan Rice fan. I think if he's not world-class now, I'll give him a season, and he'll be, what, top three centre-backs in the league. Um, I think both give us something we don't have and we need, which is a voice. I don't, I don't see Aspi yelling at people. I don't see... Like, if you go back and watch a, a game with Chelsea under John Terry, John Terry is barking orders at every player on that pitch 24-7. Anytime someone fucks up or cucks up, John Terry's there to remind them, you fucked up, switch on. Yeah? We don't have that. Rudiger is the one fucking up. Zuma and Christensen are the ones fucking up. And so, Aspi, you know, I, I like Aspi. I think he's he's been a good club servant and that. But I don't think that's the type of leader we need if we want to get to the next level. And the next level is what we're talking about, no? Closing the gap, competing in Europe and all that. If you gave me the option... I, I would sign Declan Rice for double the money. However, do I think we could use the Lewis we can use the Lewis Dunk links as a ploy to get Rice for cheaper? Yes. Do I think that's what's happening? Yes. Cause I don't think ideally we want Lewis Dunk. He's he goes against everything we've shown in the market. The past I'm gonna consider Havertz a signing, okay? The ha- the past three signings have been Havertz, proven Champions League talent. Werner, proven Champions League talent. Ziyech, proven Champions League talent. Now, if we go and sign Louis Dunk, who's, who's a good player, you know, he's a leader and he's solid and he'll give you another seven and, a, seven and a half out of ten in most days. I don't think he elevates us enough. However, I'm not against his signing. Not for 40 million, maybe around 30 million. 28 million plus bonuses, rounding off to 32 million. That's okay with me. You know, if we can get if we can come back for Rudiger, 
or Bitchinson, I I'm okay with it because Lewis Dunk is two times the player those two are bare minimum, right? And so if we want Rice and we want Dunk, then Rice can play DM because Kante does get injured rather often, and Rice is a superb holding midfielder. So. Do I think it's one or the other? No. I think if we don't get Rice this summer, we're getting him next summer. Um, but I would rather Declan Rice. Yeah, of course. Mm. Matisse, do you share the same sentiments as Mediano? Yeah, I mean, I did have a dream where we sold Christiansen and Rudiger in the same window. Um, that would be... Oh, I'd be happy with that. Like, I've given, I don't have much patience for Christiansen anymore. And it's, it's mainly because his strengths, much like I'm not going to put him on Kepa's level because that's just disrespectful. But what people talk about Christensen's strengths, like his positioning and his concentration, I've seen too many moments now where him as an individual, those strengths are weaknesses at times. And in phases of play, he's losing men in the box and allowing them to run off of him and score goals and shit like that. And I'm like, your concentration and positioning is meant to be A1. I can't just blame it all on Rudiger. I'm not going to let my agenda run that far. Like, as a centre-back, you should also be able to defend situations that come to you yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, Ben Ayim was never going to make John Terry look like a prick. It was going to be the other way around. My problem with Christensen is that too many times I'm looking at it and I'm like, you could have done better there. You could have done better. And I've been saying that for years. And it's like, the penny's got to drop. And I just don't think mentally he's, he's what I'm... Like, when I look at what I want from a centre-back, I have to adjust what I want for Christensen. I have to try and, like, get myself in the mood for what Christensen brings and, like, try and convince myself that, okay, cool... Maybe I just adjust this and adjust that. What I really want in a leader, what I really want is someone who speaks. What I really want is someone who dominates shit, dominates their duels and be good on the ball. Not one or the other, both. So that's why with Christensen, I'm like, do you know what? If you can get a good fee on the continent, get, get it done. Because it's just the mentality and, the, and what I'm looking for in a centre-back, he's not ticking that box. He's too shy. You know what I mean? All this throwing up, all this shit at halftime. I don't mean to be rude, but I, don't, I, I just don't care anymore. Like, do you know what I mean? gonna be ruthless on this pod all this all this my stomach is hurting i've got a tummy ache get out i don't i don't care fam. i don't care like i honestly don't give a shit anymore so i've run out of patience and i'm not gonna sell him first but if a good bid comes on the continent and you can get me a ball playing center back who's got balls and actually does his shit correctly airily does his ship positionally concentration and can play on the ball then i'll take it so that's the dream but what i gotta say to Midiano is that i just don't believe we're gonna sell all of these players that we want sold in one window to justify spending big P's and big money on all of these players that you're talking about. Talking about Rice, talking about Chilwell. I don't, I don't see us selling and getting rid of everyone we have to to get all of these players in. I just think there's going to be too many hurdles. And it's not because we need the money, like I said, it's because we need the space. We've got two left-backs. We've got four centre-backs. We have to get rid of some to accommodate space. That's just, we have to do that. So I just, I don't think we're going to get rid of everyone we want rid of. I mean, even getting rid of Kepa is going to be a problem. Do you know what I mean? So mm. that's where I think we're, we're not going to be so satisfied as, as I think we're going to be after this window. It's going to be a two-window job. Look, I, I, agree with, I agree with you 100%. However, it's a one-in-one-out policy. It's always been one-in-one-out yeah, at Chelsea since FFP's hit in 2008. So one-in-one-out means one of Kante or, or Jorginho are sold for Declan Rice. So, hence why I think if we don't lend him this summer, we're lending him next summer because one of the two are gone. And I think if we do move for Dunk, it's because one of Rudiger, Christensen, or Zuma, I hope not Zuma, 
one of the three fucks off. Uh, maybe Tomori goes on loan, which I think is the most likely possibility. Um, and so I think too many times we've excused poor aspects, poor core aspects of a position in terms, in, 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 in regards to he's a ball playing center back, but he can't defend, bro. He can't defend. We know he can't defend. He gets lost when players are running over his shoulder. He doesn't swivel his head ever. If you've noticed, Christensen never swivels his head. Look how many times John Terry, Virgil van Dijk, that caliber of center back, look how many times they swivel their head. He doesn't swivel his head. How is that not a red flag? Rudiger doesn't either. Zuma, in fairness, does, but he, he is a bit clumsy on the ball. But at least Zuma defends. At least a shit goalkeeper can save the ball. At least they can track space. I'm asking for the bare minimum here. And I don't care about their ball playing. I don't care if my center back is playing progressive passes. We didn't hire Pep Guardiola for a fucking reason. Because we don't have a billion to spend in three years. Bottom line. And that's what Pep did, no? Four years, to be fair to him. So why am I excusing a shit center back because he plays progressive passes? He's not my fucking 10. He's my center back. I want him to defend. <laughs> Lewis Dunk defends. Declan Rice defends. That doesn't mean they're poor ball players. They could play ball. Like, Lewis Dunk hits that left channel for Mope to run onto. He did it twice versus Arsenal. Imagine Timo Werner on the end of that. You know, or, or Christian Pulisic. So, give me, a, give me a center back that can defend. Give me a left back that can defend. Give me a holding midfielder that can defend, and they can work on their ball-playing abilities. Declan Rice said he watches Sergio Biscuits and Jorginho and all them men to work on his ball, on his ball-playing skills, and he's improved drastically. So why am I going to say it's impossible to improve? You know, Declan Rice has shown you can improve. So buy me players that want to do their primary duty first, and then they can Play their fucking progressive passes. Someone replied to me on a Kepa tweet with progressive passes. He's a fucking goalkeeper. Bro, I think I think I think everybody can feel your anger, Majid. We, we all understand that it is calm. So you can That's so spot on, fam. I'm not gonna lie. But it is. It is. Well, I think, man, we, we hear you. We hear you. <laughs> P.O.S. Fire on. What do you think of what Mediana has to say about Christensen? No, I mean. I mean, I know he's annoyed, and at times this season, I've you know got a bit annoyed with Christensen. It's just personally, I still think Christensen's a good player. So I always feel like he has had that potential in him, and it's kind of like Loftus Cheek. It's like I'm hanging on to hope a little bit, but I don't know if there, if there's any centre backs I'm going to keep at Chelsea. It's going to be Christensen and Zuma. And one thing I want to say to Mediano is, um, why are you slandering Christensen so much? Because it's like. I know you're saying his primary jury is defend, but I mean, the guy has not the back partner next to him. So I feel like you're missing half the point with Christensen. Um, you know, you need to compliment him with someone who's outstanding. And that's why I don't want a Lewis Dunk or I won't be as in favour of it because I want someone who's going to be, you know, like if you look at Man City and, and um, Liverpool, you have a Van Dijk and Laporte. Um, you know, they make others look next to him look ridiculous. And I feel like Christians and can be like 
can be that secondary centre back at Chelsea. So I'm still not giving up hope with Christensen. I still think he's got a big future to play here. Um, personally, that being said, I know the club are probably going to be, you know, saying, you know, I'm going to be up for offers for any of these centre backs, really. So um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just think you should tone it down a little bit on Christensen because he's. But- I don't think he's the the most of our problems. Like I, I don't know what's what is all this slander for him for. I mean, he's not. You're making him out to be like a horrible player when he's not. I mean, it's just. I feel like it's a bit unfair. You're going he, too he, far. I think he he isn't bad. He isn't bad, but he isn't good. That's that's my main problem. Yeah, but he is good though, isn't he? That's, that's the my, thing. That's, Chris, that's Christensen is good. Like no, my main problem good. with the Chelsea team is I always hear verbatim he would be better if he had a world-class player beside him. You know who did that? United with Pogba. And they, they fired two managers, spent a billion quid since, trying to project unlock Paul Pogba, and they've won a total of fuck all since. So I don't want to have to put a player next to a Virgil van Dijk for him to look good. He should look good off the bat. That's the standard we should be aspiring yeah. for. He should look good, irrespective of who's playing. Declan, Wait, so, right? you th- so you don't think a Christensen and looks a... good next to a Zuma or Rudiger? You don't think that? No, I, I don't rate. I don't rate any of them particularly no. highly, apart from Zuma. I think Zuma. I think Zuma has been our best centre back this season by a country mile. And look at Declan Rice. I always see Declan Rice slander. The bloke's been playing next to Mark Noble. And he's looking world class. Mark Noble, he's 36. Yeah. The, the reason why I got to agree with you as well is because, say, all right, take your point, PYS. And I used to agree with this, but now I've completely like, disreg- I've like discarded this point. And the main reason why is because if you take now the senior centre back that you're talking about and say he gets injured or suspended, now Christensen can't lead his own backside. What what do we do then? Then we've lost two centre backs, basically. Like I'm 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 really on board with now two centre backs who got their shit together. I'm not saying they have to both be world class. I know one has to be better than the other, but for me, when Christensen doesn't have the world class centre back leader that you're talking about next to him, he looks he could he can he can give you a shit performance like he had against West Ham. He can give you the masterclass against Man City, but then he can also be left trailing for a for a ball across the box and a tap him. So, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but with Christensen, is I don't think he's had that faith installed in him ever since he's joined Chelsea. Um, I don't. Yeah, think but how has. much time have we got, though? Because we've yeah. given him a lot of time here for a long time, bro. I don't uh, think I don't think you I, I don't think we would give Mason Mount the same time. Let's be real. No, nope. yeah, it, nope. it's a bit ridiculous when you're talking about the defense and blaming Christensen or blaming certain. I'm not blaming. I'm blaming Rudiger but, as well. Rudiger, yeah, I know, but you're saying 100. you're saying you you're done with Christensen. Basically, is your whole point when. You know, after this season, I could say I'm done with Frank Lampard because our defence has been absolutely I'm shit. I'm done with Christensen. I'm done you know, with Christensen. I can He's been here well for a long time, bro. Yeah, but Lampard hasn't been here for a long time. Christensen's been here for a long time since Barcelona. 25. He's been here for a long time. He against Glashenbach ages ago. He had that John Terry quote, which we still use, ages ago. I, I think even John Terry expected more development from him at this stage. We shouldn't even still be talking about Christensen like this. If Zuma was, for, for, like, for me, if, 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 if we're talking about Christensen, I'm not speaking about Christensen as a youngster. He's been here for a long time. A long time, bro. Yeah, and he's had so the, and he's had the, so, so had the loan in the Bundesliga with a, top, with a good team. 
Yeah, but so are you going to sell a, a Loftus Cheek and a Christensen? Because you know, if you're going to use that point, Loftus Cheek's been injured. Yeah, if he keeps getting injured next season, I'm ready to I'm ready to cut ties with Loftus Cheek because I don't I don't see the need for a player in the squad who's not fit. All right, Matisse, as long as you're back on your points up, I don't have a problem. So as long as you're as long as you're firm like this harsh and Christian, so I want you to be this harsh on other players, which you're using the point, you know. The same point for basically. That's what I'm trying to say. Is like, but, but but what I have to say, what I have to say with that, you can't compare Loftus Cheek and Christensen because we're talking about Chris, we're talking about Loftus Cheek with injuries. When Loftus Cheek plays, he's unbelievable. We've seen that at the back end of last season. Christensen's got way more minutes under his belt in football than Loftus Cheek. He's got it in Germany and he's got it here. He's got way more minutes, so there's way more evidence for me to speak on him. Whereas Loftus Cheek hasn't had a consistent run of games because he keeps getting injured. So if he so gets sold, it's what, what injuries. Do you have to say on, what do you have to say on Christensen's performance against Man City at home then this season? I think it was, was brilliant. Masterclass. Exactly. But then what do you have to say about the West Ham game? What do you have to say about the West Ham game? <laughs> Look, I'm not saying he's consistent. I'm just saying that <laughs> he, can, he can be that centre-back. He's proven it. So, I know, but he's inconsistent. I don't get that vibe. I don't get that negative vibe. I don't get that negative vibe, like Mediano's saying, you know, it's not like he's completely trash. I don't, like, I don't know, man, it's, it's hard. So can, can we get that same energy for Ross Barkley and Mason Mount, who are all, and Angolo Kante, who are also superb? No, no, because Ross Barkley, <laughs> Ross Barkley is not superb. See? And Mason See? Mount is the most overrated player in the whole so, team. So, so, so if, 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 you want to use that logic, if you want to use that logic for a 25-year-old Christensen, why can't we use oh. it for a 25-year-old Ross Barkley oh, a 21-year-old Mason Mount? Because Why, Ross Ross Why can't Ross I say? Why can't what, I say? What's Ross Barkley's biggest game performance? Can someone tell me? I can't <laughs> Ross, Ross Barkley stinks, by the way. Like, I'm not a Ross Barkley supporter. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The, the, the law... The logic has to has to be equal. You 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 have to use equal logic. And so, if we're using equal logic, then as much as Ross Barkley needs to go for being inconsistent and quite shit, then Christensen the same, Loftus Cheek the same. If they're not hacking it after this season, they'll both be. One will be twenty six. Christensen will be twenty five, and Loftus Cheek will be twenty four. Those are, but those are ready-made players. I it, personally, I think it comes down just to individual beliefs in players. You're going to have different opinions. What you're saying with Barkley is like, Barkley, I think is just brain-dead. Like, the guy is just so, you know, he's kind of hot and cold, but he's not hot in the sense that he performs really well. It's kind of like a, he goes through little patches of decent spells, but it's not like a, you know, every once in a while, I see a brilliant game from Christensen. I don't see that from Barkley. I see decent involvements, but I'm not, you know, I'm not as sold on Barkley as I am on Christensen for me to, you know, keep Barkley. I want to keep Christensen. I don't want to keep Barkley. Yeah. I still think I Christensen has big use. You know what I mean? I, I still think he has big use. You, I think yeah. he, I, I, I would have less faith in Barkley than Christensen. I think exactly. 100%. 100%. I agree. I'm just saying, if we're saying a player is allowed to blow hot and cold, then it has to be that way for every single player. And that's, that's when we're stuck in mediocrity. We need players that only blow hot, that only pull up, rock up. Yeah, in an ideal world, you do. Three, four this, isn't, this isn't career mode. You're not going to replace everyone that's you know, hot and cold in your squad in this window. I'm talking about this window right now. Ne going into next season, 
we will have Christensen, no doubt about would it. You, would you sell Christensen for Lewis Dunk? Uh, no, I'd sell Rudiger. I wouldn't sell Christensen no, for no. Lewis Dunk. No. Everyone would sell Rudiger. No one wants him. That's the problem. We're giving him for free <laughs> and no one wants him. No, <laughs> That's I, by the, the way, no, I'm, not, I'm not swapping Christensen for Dunk, no. Okay, fair enough. No. So, I mean, guys, I mean, just like you guys, I was listening to what they had to say, you know. I mean, I don't even feel like I'm, I feel like I'm just listening, but live, innit? But anyway, with all that being said, all that being said, you guys, so starting off with, uh, I mean, I'll start with Mediano, uh, this one. Um, just tell me what I'm out of these three keepers. So, Onana, Nick Pope, and Ben Foster, you tell me uh, which of these keepers you would want to have at Stafford Bridge next season. If not, because obviously, thing about All Black is he obviously made the comments and all of that, and everybody's um, just trying to get gas. But fam, you guys should be realistic. All Black is not really going to sign for 120 million this window. I don't see it happening. If it does, oh, I'll be over the moon. But who would your alternative goalkeeper be for next season, and why? And keep it really, really short and sweet. Nick Pope, because he's tall and he can claim crosses. Oh, Brexit FC. And he's not an awful and he's not an awful shot stopper. Probably. That's short and sweet, I guess. Mm, okay. I mean, I'm not I don't really agree with that. But PYS, what about you? Um, I mean, if you want it short and sweet, I'll just say uh, out of those three options to start, I'd probably say Anana because he's UCL proven. Um, he has good shot stopping stats and on the cross-collection thing, I've been speaking to some um, very, very good IX accounts and they've actually said that his cross-collection has in, come on like heaps and bounds over the last couple of years. So um, that to me shows me that he's a player that can um, only improve. So yeah, I'd take an honour out of those three options. But I'm not totally against Nick Pope. It's just the problem with Nick Pope is his price for me. Um, Anana's literally like off the price sense, you know, so... Yeah, he's UCL proven, which is a big factor in any player for me. Mm. Mm. I'm, right. good. I'm good with that answer as well. Like, what I would probably. Th- uh, what was the third option? Sorry. So it's ben Foster. Nick Pope, Ben Foster, and uh, Onana. Obviously, if you don't want any of those three, can I mention someone else as well? I mean, I want. Uh, I mean, it's not going to happen, but I want O Black, obviously. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just want the best. Um, if I have to pick, I'll probably go with Onana, but I'm not going to lie. I'm not convinced. But I, don't, I think they're all going to have. A little, they're not perfect. Like they all have their weakness. So I, I, any answer is kind of cool. Do you know what I mean? Um, if, I would just go over oh no, the same reason for the Champions League proven. Like if, at the highest level he's delivered. Mm, if mm. we could choose anyone, I'll go for Rajkovic or the bloke from Lazio. Either one, the one, the goalie from Benfica or the goalkeeper from Lazio. Mm. Those are probably the, the you best options. You don't even know his name. Anyways. We've got all of that main stuff out the window. Now we're going to look at a few, um, a few couple questions for next season. And then I've actually got some questions that are directed at each of you personally, and then we'll wrap it up from there. So as far as next season is concerned, this is um, a bit of an interesting one. I'm guessing all of us here should be on the same page. We're going to have a very, very massive issue. But Bobby, I'm sure every single one of you know who Bobby is. He's asking, so considering we've got a left-back, considering that we get a left-back, centre-back and a keeper of your choice, so we don't need to go into specifics here, what are your expectations for the next season? Matisse, I'll start off with you. Comfortably in the top four. I'm not going to say third because May United could get Sancho and that, that you have to pay respect. Their front three is going to be good as well. But comfortably in the top four, I don't expect any drama. Um, a cup win, 
and improvements defensively and improvements in quality of football. I don't really care how they want to attack, just attack better and make me, you know what I mean? Don't make me bored because as far as I'm concerned, I'm probably just as bored this season with the, with the style of football as um, Mediano was bored with last season. Wow. Wow. Okay, fair enough. PYS? Well, I mean, if I'm playing MGH career mode and it's my signings and I'm saying second or first, but um, I'm not. So, um, I mean, I, I'll maintain what I've said before. If we get um, some decent options and they're, you know, they're decent all-round options, maybe a dunk or whatever. I'm not going to go into specifics, but I'm just going to say third. Um, I want to win a minimum of one trophy. I can't see Lampard bottling a final again. I thought he got it massively wrong against Arsenal, but um, yeah, I don't want him to bottle a final again. I want us to at least win one trophy. And obviously, like Batiste said, I want to see huge improvements in the defensive shape. Um, and all round, really, I've got so many things to say about Lampard. I'm not going to go into every one, but I think the main two would be defensive shape and not changing his team so much. I mean, this season, um, his rotation has just been beyond absurd. I mean, um, some of the in-game like tactical decisions as well have just, just really baffled me. But um, yeah, not going into specifics. I'm just going to say third trophy and what I just said about defence, etc. Mediano, mm. are you on the same page as uh, Matisse and um, PYS? Mine's a bit different, I guess. Obviously, table the table is relative. If he doesn't come, come top four, he's getting the sack as far as I'm concerned. However, I need to see two things. One, I need to see no more amateur mistakes. You you don't play Angolo Kante for five games in five games in fourteen days, ninety minutes each game. That's an amateur mistake. Okay. You don't you don't concede eighty goals, that's an amateur mistake. And you don't put eight men above the ball, that's also an amateur mistake. So I used the excuse for Lampard as justification that our squad is torrid, and in fairness to him, it is. But I do expect a minimum of, like Matisse said, better organic play. Lampard is not a positional play manager. He wants chemistry to be organic, and that's okay. That's how most successful teams are. Zidane's Madrid, uh, Mourinho's Madrid, Mourinho's Chelsea, you name it, okay? Secondly, if we concede above 50 goals, questions need to be asked. I don't care. You know, you, you don't concede 80 goals as Chelsea Football Club. It doesn't happen, right? And yes, he's had injuries. Yes, his back line is a little bit shaky. But if you need to line up in a 5-3-2 and squeeze out a game, I'm not going to complain, right? I need to see balance. Right now, I've seen no balance. It's, it's gung-ho. And Lampard has addressed it. He said, my football's not gung-ho, but it's easier to talk than to do. So, obviously, a minimum top three and all those intangibles. Because, again, like I said last time I was on this pod, I'm judging Lampard on his tenure post his tenure. I don't think Lampard is... is uh, he's, not, he's not a B2C manager. He's not winning us things. Lampard is the A to B. Lampard is the Ranieri. He's never the Mourinho. He never was. He was never hired to be. He's here to build a squad. And I reckon a proper winner is going to come in and finish the job. And we're going to win a lot. 
from what I can tell. So if he, no if he improves, if, if he improves that, then I'm, I'm, I'm of course over the moon, right? You know, you have Kai Havertz, no Timo Werner, Siach, all done. That was such a, what, what you just said, yeah, was so like, I, for me, I, I don't want to say that yet, even though I agree very, I, like, I, I really do agree with that logic because I don't, I don't see a top, top level manager right now. Hence why I didn't want him this early because I think he has a lot more to learn and I want him personally to come here and win the Prem. But I, I understand why you're saying he's not that guy. And it's funny because PYS said the same thing on Twitter and got absolutely dragged for it. But you man of speaking sense. Like you're not, you're not, you're not going into the abyss of Lampard lifting the Champions League as manager, which a lot of Chelsea fans want to do. You're just talking sense. Um, I want to just hold out the little more belief that he can take us right to the top. But I'm not going to lie, your logic is spot on. That's more me being a dreamer than logic. Your, your logic is spot on. Mm. I mean, PYS, so can you, like, obviously you can see that um, Midian, what do you think of what Midian has had to say about that with uh, regards to Lampard's um, quote-unquote future, if that makes any sense? Yeah, well, as Ms. Hay said, I said on, like, Twitter the other day that um, I would like, like, Nagelsmann to come in after... Um, Lampard, um, just because I feel like I've got something in the back of my head where it's like I'm looking at where we're shopping at and the two big players we're buying this window are Havertz and Werner and they're both from Germany, they're both from Bundesliga and they're both young players that in a few years' time are going to be ridiculously good and I'm just sort of, you know, I might be completely wrong but I'm, I'm adding things up in my head and I'm thinking, is Roman going to, is he looking at a Nagelsmann or is he looking at like a, a German manager? Is he looking at a Tuchel or, or something like that? You know, I feel like with Chelsea, there's always something that gets revealed later on in, in a few years that you don't know until it's happening. So like in a few years time, I could see like a Tuchel or a Nagelsmann being appointed. And then when that time happens, all, all it's going to come out by Matt Law and that if he's still reporting on us but, and still getting him information that um, this was meant all along you know Lampard was that A to B manager and for some fans or 90% of Twitter fans anyway they struggle to understand that concept and they struggle to understand that that is what very that is very well what could happen because Lampard is you know I don't know man thing is with his fan base is everyone's got such an emotional connection with him and everyone wants him to stay here for 20 years or 10 years and and you know, that's the thing, it's unrealistic. I, I just feel like Lampard is the A to B, you know, the building the squad manager. We're sort of taking advantage of his pull power um, to build this brilliant squad. And then I'm not necessarily sure on what Mediano said about the winner coming in because a winner implies like an Allegri or a Conte or a Mourinho. I don't want that. That would just be the biggest backward step of all time and it wouldn't fit with what the, with what the um, signings we've made. Um, so... I don't know, I just feel like I've got this thing in the back of my head, as I've said, that Lampard is here for a reason and it's not necessarily to win the Champions League or to win the Premier League. I think Roman's set expectations on him that, um, you know, obviously don't fuck it up because you're going to be gone if you do. But I feel like, obviously, everyone's going to want him to win and I feel like Roman wants him to win the Premier League. But I feel like he said to him maybe that, you know, not necessarily that you are the A to B manager because then Lampard wouldn't even take the job. But I feel like he's um, sort of got that thing in the back of his mind where it's like, 
great. If Lampard wins the Premier League or wins the Champions League, that's unreal. But that's not the main point of why he is here in the first place. Um, and, you know, people have got to remember that Lampard was appointed strictly because of the transfer ban. Let's not forget, this guy wouldn't be here if we didn't have a transfer ban. Sorry, would have still stayed on. So it's like people are just getting caught up in sentiment and emotions a little bit in terms of judging Lampard. And that goes with everything. That goes with judging his future. Um, as I said, everyone's going to want him to stay for about 20 years. But that goes with in-game management. That goes with subs. That goes with lineups. That goes with transfer targets. It goes with everything. You cannot say anything bad on Lampard. Otherwise, you will get dragged. You will get abused because he is the god with Terry, with you know Drogba. They are gods. And everyone wants Lampard to, to never fail. And I don't want him to fail, but... Um, yeah, you get my point. They don't want him to leave, basically. They don't want him to see abuse from other fans. They don't want him to see, you know, doubts, basically, is what I'm trying to get at. Because I doubt Lampard on many occasions. That's why I get dragged. And you shouldn't. Because if it's any other manager, you know, it's just ridiculous. They'll be the ones dragging him themselves. You know, it's double standards. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully, I'm Look, explaining that well enough. It's, anyway. it's, all, it's, all, it's, it's always double standards. To be fair, I mean, last just sorry, just to cut you off, but last season, saying this season, how can you be so ungrateful? Back in the seventies, we had this, and now you can't appreciate this. Well, I could say the same thing for you last season. You couldn't appreciate a whole damn trophy that we won. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't appreciate great football in the final against Arsenal. You still crying your eyes out, saying attack the man because you because back in the seventies, for me, when I wasn't even born, if we had won a Europa League, I've been crying my eyes out and in, enjoy in, in it. So, I can't, why can't you appreciate it? It's just double standards, man. But it's all good because I was happy both years. So, fuck it. <laughs> all I'll say, all I'll say is I guarantee Lampard's signings and post-Lampard Chelsea will be well clear of post-Guardiola City. Zero doubt in my mind. Not a shadow of a doubt. But and I'm I mean, talking... I'm sorry to cut you off. Domination. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, bro. But I'm just sort of curious. So obviously, the way you guys have spoken is, like you all said, A to B. So that obviously means that's his three-year contract. Because obviously, he signed a three-year contract. So that's him doing all of this within three years. Do you think if he is able to achieve a Premier League title in his third... I mean, next year, I find that highly, highly impossible. But imagine if he does that in his next year or the third year... And he wins, like, if he wins a few trophies in the next two years, would you guys take him on and keep on going with him? Because obviously you guys have all said A to B, Reta, Ter. But I'm just thinking if he wins the Premier League in his third season, I don't think, oh, end of a project, let's bring in a, an Eagles man or something. So, I mean, what do you guys think on that whole situation? Yeah, but you're saying, Damien, you're saying that, but it's like, you know, Lampard, I feel like if he won the third... Like, as you're saying, in the third season, if he won the Premier League title, he would stay on. But what you're saying about A to B and stuff like this, why we're saying that and why we're unsure whether he will stay on is because we haven't seen... Enough. This, we haven't yeah. seen enough, basically. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. why we're sitting here now and saying he's A to B. But in two or three years' time, you know, the second season, next season, or the third season, I could very well turn around and say, damn, you know what? There's no need for another manager after this because Lampard has got everything, has identified all the weaknesses in the squad and he's fixed them. So we don't know actually how good of a 
manager Lampard actually is because he's only had one season with limited, you know, resources. This next season is huge for Lampard. I think, you know, even if we finished third and won a trophy, but say we scraped the trophy, we didn't play well that game. There was defensive errors. There was, you know, there wasn't co- co- coordination. There wasn't leadership in the pitch, on the pitch. There wasn't all that like there hasn't been this season. Then I'm still sitting here and, and I'm annoyed, you know. I want Lampard to be a perfect yeah. manager. But that's the thing. I don't think Roman himself believes that. That's why I feel like in the back of my head, he's already planning. Like, that's why I'm saying he's A to B because I feel like Lampard's the project manager, you know, for three seasons. And then he's going to be going because we're going to bring in someone who's more, you know, tactically um, superb and solidified and, and just a, a better manager, basically, than, the, than Lampard. But that's not to say that Lampard can't, you know, overdo Roman's thoughts in his mind if he has them. It's just he's got to prove it. And that's why he's been appointed in the first place. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. With the three-year project, mm-hmm. I know if you agree, but obviously that article came out, I think it was from The Athletic, where Lampard was obviously here for three-year project and that they're going to be spending heavily in the market. Now that says to me, it's that, you know, Lampard, you've got to produce or, or you're gone. So it's like, I don't think he's going to get the leeway that fans think he is going to get. Um, and I hope I, everyone does agree with that. And I hope sentiment doesn't I, 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 judgment. I Okay, look, I agree 100%. And I don't think Lampard himself wants sentiment involved. I think to get to his caliber of player, he couldn't leave room for emotional instability or doubt or not working at his craft. Now, how translatable that is to manage his managerial stint, I'm not sure. What I am saying is if Lampard proves me wrong, I'll be the happiest person because I've been Lampard in the whole way steady. I haven't questioned him once, right? Because he's dealing with the worst Chelsea squad since Roman took over. I don't think that's debatable. This is a torrid squad. We don't have goal scorers. We barely have creators. Uh, our, our defense is shambolic. Our goalkeeper is even worse than bad. So I think when he's backed, that's when, again, his, his tenure starts. Now, if, if he proves he's an A to C manager like a Zidane, like a Guardiola, then then so be it. And I'm going to be over the moon because I love Frank Lampard, right? And he understands Chelsea. When I say he understands Chelsea, he knows how the club works, especially in the market. We've had a shit squad because for, for how good of trainers Mauricio Sarri and Antonio Conte are, which they are world-class trainers, they don't understand how Chelsea operate in the market. You know, they don't get it. We, we, we've made poor signings under both of them. I, think that's, I don't think that's debatable. Yeah. Both have made their poor signings. Lampard has shown me with Werner Ziyech and Havertz, he's not here to, to mess about and make poor signings and throw shit on the wall and see what sticks. Whoa. He wants proven ballers. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back him because... He's made Hell the best man. signings we've had Oi, in five bro, years. I know you can hear me, innit? I'm telling you, I said, chill. We'll see next season. I was right about Declan Rice when you and Matisse flamed me on this pod last time. I'm going to be right about Chilwell. <laughs> no doubt. 
No Calm it down, Joseph. <laughs> no, but do you know what? He's remember, and remember Demi Matisse. Ah, listen, we don't want to talk about all of that right now. Move on. <laughs> no, but seriously, you're 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 spot on because with for all the props we give um, Sari and Conte for the trophies they won. Um, they didn't know how Chelsea wanted to operate in the market. Conte's targets didn't match up with Chelsea's ideology and the way they go about things. You can't say that you want Benucci because Chelsea don't buy Benucci. Do you know what I mean? That's just not, it's not what we do. So um, when your targets don't align with the club's vision and the way that the club operate in terms of their over-30s policy and the way that they buy young players for high sell value, then you can't, it doesn't mesh. Um, but also just to touch on what PY said as well, there's three types of Chelsea fans, right? Or just fans in general. There's fans that understand that it's not just about, like, there's, there's, fa- there's a fan that can mesh the two and there's a fan that only looks at one and the other one. The first one is where we finish what we won. They don't look at how we played. They don't look at the goals conceded, the tactics. They just see if we won a trophy and where did we finish. And if those things tick the box, then good season. Then there's fans that completely go the other way and they only look at how we play and they only look at, which is not a bad thing, because I'd probably lean towards to more, more this side of things. They look at the tactics. They look at the way the substitutions are made and whatnot. And regardless, and, and, and great example is if, if we lose a game but play amazing, miss loads of chances, but we played well, I'm not angry. Whereas if we win a game, 1-0, but we play like absolute dog shit and we're lucky as hell, I'm not happy. That's the type of fan I am. And then there's a fan that can mesh the two together, which is what I try to be. So that's going to be the challenge if fans can do that with Lampard can you actually sit down and say right we finished in the top four this season we got to a final this season great but how did we play how did we defend how did we attack how did we make substitutions was there consistency how did we keep fiddling around with the back four and develop no sort of chemistry and how did how did Rudiger come into the team for Tomori for absolutely no reason how did Kovacic get benched when he was our best player of the season up until the point? How did Pulisic not do this? It's like, there's questions to be asked. And some fans are going to ask those questions of Lampard and some fans are never going to ask them. And, and, and what we have to accept and what we're going to have to understand very quickly is that some fans are just never going to doubt or ask any question of Lampard because he's simply untouchable. And we knew that when he got hired. There's going to be a certain amount of supporters who will just not, they don't care. Like, what you have to say, he's untouchable. Because of what he's done, his playing career, some fans just won't separate it from his managerial, and he's untouchable. He can do no wrong. He could kill a man tomorrow, and they would find a reason why he should be out of jail. They would find a reason. So that's what you're up against, really, um, and that's why you can you can end up getting dragged. But you just have to just stick to your own principles. And on Declan Rice, I was wrong. Like I said, I've said many times, and hold bands up. Uh, Mediano, you've done a great job on that one because that was that was truly ahead of the curve, curve stuff. I have to say, Declan Rice though has improved immensely. I remember last season he was getting dragged around by by um, by Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, and I'm not gonna lie, he doesn't look like anything like that today. So he has improved a lot. Ben Chilwell, we'll see. I don't I don't see the same I don't see the same um, the same vibe. I I really don't. But we'll see. Hopefully you're right because if we sign him, I'm gonna need him to be good anyway. So it's not really in my best interest for him to be shit. Mm, mm. Don't I get me wrong. If he's shit, I'm gonna say he's shit. Like, <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> but nah, like I was saying, didn't it? Like, so obviously, Matisse, like you said just now. I mean, Mediano, yeah, you were right for Rice, and I'll let it slide. But one thing that I need to remind people is that at the time, 
we were expecting him to come and sort of do the sort of job Jorginho was doing. And we both and all know that that's not his forte at all. Based on how tactics and stuff are switched up, he's not the ideal target. But let's not even get into any of that. So before we hop into the question specifically for you guys, I need to ask, um, and you all just, I mean, one answer and we just move in. So PY, starting off with you, um, CFC Ripper and uh, Football Chelsea, Dan, I'm sure we all know who he is. He's asked, they're asking, who do you think will have the better start to next season? Havertz, Werner or Ziyech? PYS, you start first. You want a long answer or a short answer? Just a swift answer, mind you. Um, you know what? I'm going to say in terms of, are we doing it by numbers or like eye test, like performance? Generally, like, speaking, generally speaking, combination of both. Okay, so if it's numbers, I think Werner, I think he's going to start off very, very well. I feel like, especially early on in the season when defences, they don't have everything sorted out. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the times, like when we start the season, especially with Sari and this one with Lampard, we were scoring, you know, goals for fun and playing really good football because people haven't figured out these new signings yet um, and figured out the new tactics, etc. and the way we play. Because um, it's a completely different team season to season. So I feel like Werner will start off very, very well. You know, use his pace in behind um, and, you know, his lethal finishing in front of goal. And hopefully he's going to bag a lot of goals. But in terms of if we're watching a player, um, one of the new signings out of them three, I'm going to say Havertz because Havertz, you know, he just makes the game look so easy. And I feel like when people watch him, they're going to see just what a massive upgrade he is to every, anything we have in midfield in terms of going forward. So I feel like Havertz will probably be everyone's favourite player to start with just because he's got that all-round package um, and because he is so intelligent and effortless. Um, so I think feel like Chelsea fans will feel that way about Havertz. Um, so, yeah, that's probably going to be my answer. That's the longest, that's the longest short answer I've ever gotten on this podcast. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I could have mentioned about ZH as well, but we won't go into that. I still yeah. think ZH would do well, but yeah. Fairs, fairs. We, we, we hear you, fam. We hear you. Mediano. Those two are my favourites. Mm, fair enough, fair enough. Mediano, we hear you. One, 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 one word. Kim Ziyech. All right. Fuck off. This guy just <laughs> likes to be different, I swear. He's just said that because I didn't say it's- it. <laughs> it's it's either I don't think I don't think Havertz is hitting the ground running, and I think if we get the system spot on, which is on Lampard, Werner will, Ziyech on his own will rip shit up just because we haven't had his profile since Mata, and we've been hurting without a right a left footed right winger. So I'm going with Ziyech. Okay. Matisse, please don't violate your boy. Actually, listen to the rules and do one word. Fuck it? your rules. We move, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we've got to have arts because he gets the goals that Werner gets, and he also has the left foot that you just spoke about for Ziyech. He's got the complete package. He can score in the air, which we've lacked as well. He's got the height to do that. He's got the vision to cut defenses open, which we don't have. He can score, which I've already mentioned. He's got the complete package. So I just think, in terms of a player that I don't have any doubt about. None. I have some doubts about Werner against low blocks, playing lone striker. And I have some doubts about Ziyech, which everybody already knows to this point, well-documented. I have no doubts about Kai Havos, so Kai Havos. Thank you all for completely disregarding any authority I had on this podcast. Now, with uh, that being said, obviously, I think it's got to be Kai Havertz for me, simply because, I mean, I've loved this guy for so long. And think about Werner, I'm just like... 
Yeah, I'm not too sure if he's going to hit the ground running, you know. It's difficult for strikers to just bounce into the league. I mean, apart from Diego Costa, I can't really think of one in recent times that just bounced into the league and kicked it off and hit the ball and hit the ground running. But that's just me. And like you said, Ziyech as well is also really good. I think it's probably going to go in that order, to be fair. But with all of that being done and clear, I've selected one question from the comments with regards to each of you. And I'll start off with Medianos. So... Some of these questions, I mean, they have varying degrees of seriousness, but I'm going to, I'm just, I just use my discretion and choose, uh, and choose them based on uh, my mood. So, Midiana, I'll be starting off with you. And Oscar is asking why you are so shameless. Short answer. Yeah, go on. You have respect for me anyway, so it don't matter. Because I don't <laughs> give a single fuck. I'm sure about what I say. And I'll say it. I just don't care. Pulisic I just don't care. Pulisic is going to be a terrible player. I've heard that from Midian in the past. I've got all sorts of what? screenshots, boss. Now we've seen all your screenshots, bro. I mean, you're always flip flopping. So I get I get dragged on the TL weekly, bro. Oh God, I'm not even going to get into any of that. Then fair enough. Good. All, all publicity is good publicity <laughs> here at Midiano HQ. All right, <laughs> uh, we're done. We're done with that. We're done. <laughs> No, I love this guy. <laughs> ah, the guy is shameless, bro. Honest to God. He's like the F team Mourinho, so isn't he? Fun. He just doesn't give a fuck. It's the same, it's so funny. It's the same, yeah. <laughs> it's the same mentality I have when I am like do something wild because I'm, I'm always prone to do like a wildness on the TL like every two weeks. And I'm just like, you know what? All publicity is good publicity. <laughs> mm. No, PYS. This one is a bit of a throwback. This tweet is from the 22nd of June of 2019. I know what one you're on about. I know what one you're on about. The prediction? Yeah. yeah. All right, it was a bit off. Go for it then. Because you've got some bangers in there. So I'm absolutely... Well, I mean... Well, I mean... Going into this season, I just didn't really know what was going to happen. So I just sort of picked some of my favourites as the who I thought would thrive under Lampard. So I went best player Loftus-Cheek. Obviously, that was just based on his, you know, ability and um, driving from midfield. I thought with Lampard, he could definitely, you know, thrive in, in one of the systems and the way we play. But obviously, he's so injury prone. So that never came to fruition. So I got that one wrong. Uh, I put most important N'Golo Kante. I, I don't actually know why I put that because I don't really rate him anymore. So, yeah, I'm not sure my thinking there. Player who will surprise you the most, Andreas Christensen. So, there you go, Matisse and Midiana. I've always had the uh, optimism in Christensen there. Uh, top scorer. Now, this was the one that everyone dragged me for. I actually put Batshuayi. Now, this is because... This is because, right, I didn't think Tammy Abraham would start and I didn't think Giroud would start because I remember watching Derby um, with, uh, obviously, Lampard and stuff and the way they play. And I was like, there's no way Lampard's even going to take a liking to Giroud. And I thought, he's not going to put all this faith in Abraham. So I went with Batshuayi um, because, obviously, the link-up with Pulisic, I just thought, you know what, I don't think we're going to score a lot of goals this season. So I might as well just put Batshuayi in because he has some sort of credible link-up with Pulisic. So that was my logic there. Um, and also because he's a decent finisher, but obviously we've seen this season that uh, he's not really a good all-round player and he, he definitely is out the door soon. Uh, worst player, Marcus Alonso. I mean, I didn't really get that one wrong. He was probably is one of our worst players. And then fan favourite, I went with Kurt Zuma because he was returning on loan. So um, from Everton and I thought he'd be 
you know, a very, very good addition into the squad. And I feel like if you do ask some people, they will say a fan favourite is Zuma. So, you know, most of, most of the people, they'll say Kovacic, like myself, or maybe, you know, the, the Yadars and the youth extremists will say Mount. Um, but, you know, Zuma's, Zuma's definitely up there. So, yeah, I've got some of them wrong and a couple of them, you know, you can debate and argue. Mm, mm, mm. Fair enough. I mean, I back that and I rate it. Matisse, this one is a little bit wild. Um, I don't know how you managed to uh, go down these routes, but apparently you thought at a specific point in time, basically they're saying, why did Matisse think that Zaha for 70 million would be a better deal than Ziyech for 40 million when Ziyech has more ECL pedigree? Here we go again. Okay, so for the fifth and final time, me and Con on the byline were in a very tribalistic battle with Sancho versus Ziyech. Um, I would have told you my nan was better than Ziyech for the Sancho tribe. The Sancho tribe was so strong, the hashtag was sexy, and we rode out for it. I think Joseph, I think Mediano did here, I think PYS did here as well. We wanted Sancho like there was no tomorrow. And I, I, I literally said ZH was a arrogant Andros Townsend. Did I mean that he is of the level of Townsend? No, it's hyperbole. But because this platform doesn't understand hyperbole and sarcasm, they, it's just a waste of my time to even explain this. But do I have my doubts over ZH? Yes, I do. I stand by that. Do I think he's shit and he's absolutely... Like, I don't even like Zaha. Do you understand this? I, I shit on Zaha the next week to defend Sancho again. If you look at my tweets back then, which no one wants to because they only want to take what they want and then screenshot it and post it. I clearly put in a tweet, it's nothing personal against ZH. This is for the Sancho tribe. And I shit on Zaha saying no to Zaha. I don't want Zaha for 70 million. I said no to Zaha, Sancho remains. I would have shit on anyone for Sancho because I wanted him that badly. I keep saying this, but nobody wants to listen. So do I, do I even care about Sancho? Um, do I even care about Zaha versus Ziyech? No, because I didn't want either of them because I wanted Sancho. Simple as that. Like I said, the platform doesn't understand sarcasm, hyperbole. And the thing is, what, what people need to understand as well is I like to banter on this platform. I did it last night when I said Dembele... Um, People were telling me Dembele at Lyon was just a 2.0 batch white. I didn't even watch the game, bro. I just tweeted out for bait, pissed people off. I'm not always serious. You see that in my videos. I'm not always serious. I like to banter. So don't take me 100% serious. I'm not your Alex Goldberg. I'm not your Vince. Don't, I'm not asking you to believe my opinion. I'm just trying to banter sometimes. Sometimes I give my opinion. And if you follow me long enough, you understand when I'm being serious and when I'm not. When I'm calling ZH a ego-inflated Andros Townsend, you should kind of know I'm not. I'm kind of taking a piss. It's up to the people whether they can tell or not. I don't really care. But don't always take me 100% seriously because it's very clear that I banter. I'm not, uh, I'm not one of those big accounts that just everything I say, you have to believe me. I'm like, I'm trying to be a tactical account. I'm not like that. I have variation. And unfortunately, that gets me in trouble. But we love it. We love it. Any publicity is good publicity. The words, the words of Mediano himself. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I was actually going to like sort of end off the pod there, you know, but I just felt like we just sprinkled this in at the end because obviously, Matisse, you've spoken about, and I don't really want to do this, but I mean, well, it is what it is. It's happened on the TL, all of us on the TL, all of us saw this on the TL today, but guys, I'm just sort of curious, what are like your thoughts on this whole quote-unquote policing the timeline and telling people 
how to get their internship done and all of that. I'm sort of curious to hear what you guys have to say because a lot of people are sort of cancelling all the big accounts for, I mean, and a lot of people, I mean, cancelling a lot of people that have like a decent size following for even putting out their opinions in the first place. So what do you guys sort of think of the whole situation? I mean, who wants to go first? Um, I try, yeah, I, I'll speak for me personally. I don't know what boys think, but I try, I like, I very rarely do the police shit. Like even in my tweets, I don't, I always try and make it very clear I'm speaking for myself. I don't try and speak for others because at the end of the day, one, I don't have the time to police Twitter because one, it's never going to change. Two, as much as it's our world, I don't really care that much. There's bigger shit going on in the world. And three, um, policing something that you really have no control of. Like I will only speak out for racism when it comes to speaking out on a video, like if, if, if people are sending, if, if people are getting racist then I'll speak out on that. Cause I think that's, that's a societal issue. That's, that's quite important. It's educating people. Some people really don't get it and you have to just, and if you can change one mind about racism, then cool. But to be talking about, you know what I mean? This, that and the third and this player had to turn his comments off, but you don't do it for the, you don't do it for Kepa, but you do it for Reese James, but Jody Morris is allowed to have drunk tweets, but if it's someone else, you don't care. Listen, I'm not interested. Like Twitter's, Twitter is what it is and it's always going to be that way. So if you, and, and first of all, if you're going to make a video telling people what to do, and then those people you told what to do come back at you and slap you in the face and tell me, and, and tell you, don't tell me what to do, then you have your war. Like, don't don't start crying because people came at you more aggressively when you came at them first. That's always my rule. It's the same thing with back in school. If you're gonna hit someone, but you can't hit them with the same punch power, but they hit you back and it hurts, don't don't don't, don't start crying. You know where you are. Like, you're in the big boy playground. This is Twitter. You know what it's like. So don't start don't start whinging. And my whole thing is that at the end of the day. I don't mean to be rude, but you making a video is not going to change shit. Like, I speak about racism because if I change one mind, it'll make a difference. You ain't going to change Twitter. I swear to God, you ain't changing it. That platform is where it is. It's always been like that. Not just football Twitter. Every part of Twitter is ruthless. Black Twitter, every part of Twitter. Simple. If you don't like it, turn your phone off. I don't have to be that ruthless with it because it's just, that's just how it is. Mm, mm. I, I hear that. I hear all of that. I mean, POS, what do you have to say? Because obviously you are... Uh... Like I said, extremely polarizing on this TL. So I'm kind of curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of like my tweets, I mean, if I tweet out an opinion, it's my opinion. Like Matisse said, it's like I speak for myself. I don't speak for others. Um, I try not to be, you know, generic and just tweet what other people will tweet, you know, just for the sake of getting likes because I don't want to be like that. I want to have my opinions and my views. But sometimes it's very, very hard to do that, you know. Um, the other day I, I put out a tweet and I, I had to delete it because of all the abuse and, and threats I was getting my, in my DMs, you know. I put out a tweet saying, you know, like, um, about Ben Chilwell, I'm, I'm coming in, you know, hot on Lampard if he doesn't finish third. And what I meant by that was, you know, I was just taking a piss a little bit. Like Matisse, you know, I wasn't being that serious. I was just sort of saying that, in essence, is that if he doesn't get third, I will judge him you know, more harshly. It's not like I'm trying to be hard and, you know, going to go and beat up Frank Lampard or something by saying I'm coming in hot on him. I was just, you know, taking the piss a little bit. But obviously, fans don't really understand that. And, and they, you know, that just led to cancelling and, and people, you know, quoting my tweets and saying, um, oh, you're you dumb shit and all this and threats in my DM and things like that. And, and you know, with regards to cancelling, um, I have a DM actually up right now, which 
sort of, it just sums it all up, really. The guy said, you shall know your limits. Who the fuck are you to decide who Chelsea signs or not? Stay in your lane and let Lampard, let Super Frank Lampard do his job. So, um, you know, that, that DM sums it all up there. Um, you can't, I can't have my opinion because, you know, who, who the fuck am I? Um, I don't decide who Chelsea signs or not. Well, no shit, I already know that, but I can have my opinion. Um, and then the third one, stay in your lane and let Super Frank Lampard do his job. So that sums up the whole sentiment, your Twitter. Uh, they're all just going off at me because, you know, it's Super Frankie Lampard. We can't uh, have really, we can't have big expectations from him like uh, we do with other managers. I'm sure if it's Maurizio Sarri and I'm tweeting out, oh, I want second or first from Maurizio Sarri or even third, they'll be like, oh, yeah, PYS, you're such a good account. You speak facts, but, uh, you know, it, because it's Frank Lampard, then no. Um, it's super frank. You can't say anything bad on him. So, you know what? It does lead to a lot of other accounts being generic. Um, and I think Matisse yeah. actually t- Matisse touched on this once. I can't remember when, but yeah. I think you, I think you said something like, um, "It's hard to be yourself sometimes, and you actually have to go generic because of all the abuse that you do get for actually putting your own opinions out there." And that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem with being a big account. It's because. It's like it's like a it's like a football club in the sense where you're just monitored. You get screenshotted. You know your actions are monitored. They are, you know, judged by a lot of accounts. And when you do have a big following, it's hard to be who you want to be because of the abuse you do get. And it's it's facts. You know, it's not like I'm being told to shut up or something. I mean, I've had death threats and you know everything in my DM. So it does lead to a lot of other accounts being generic and just tweeting out. You know. Stuff like, oh, Mateo Kovacic is such a good player. Like, we know that's stating the obvious. But when you want to go a bit out of your depth and you want to maybe question some tactics or why didn't we play this or why didn't we bring on him? Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Sorry. Um, You can't judge Frank Lampard like that. Who are you? So you get my point anyway. It's a bit of a long-winded answer. But, but yeah. I just want to add on that because, obviously, um, you brought up my explanation to that. And it's just like... You grow, and I'm not. I'm not crying or anything. Obviously, I'm happy to have the size account I have. I can interact with people. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just trying to allow some perspective for small accounts because I had this perspective when I was a small account last year. So I'm. I'm not changing my opinion on this stance. When I was a small account, I said it's not easy for big accounts. So now I'm just being consistent. But you. You be. You. You grow with the personality that you have. And that's why they love you, right? And then when you get there, they want to knock you down because they see a large following. So you always have to be spot on. How did he get this many followers? I got this many followers because I just talk. Like, I didn't get this many followers because I'm more intelligent than you. But they place that responsibility on you to be more intelligent because of your following. So because of your following, you have more pressure on you to be better than them. Even though you didn't say that yourself, but they expect you to be better because of you got more followers. You want to bring your humor when you had 500 followers, but you can't because they don't understand your humor because now there's more people watching you. They don't get your jokes. They don't understand your your little incent, the little things that you put in your tweets that are just a little bit of banner. So you can't be original. So that's why you get accounts being generic because they're forced to be generic because if you get things wrong, you get screenshotted, you get abused. So that's where you take people's originality out of their account you make them generic because they're afraid to get things wrong because they will get dragged. Whereas if a small account gets something wrong, no one cares because it's like, you know what I mean? You just move on. Like, it's not that deep. But if we get it wrong, we get dragged. 
And I'm not saying I give a fuck, because I really don't. I'm just saying why, it's not going to happen to me, but why people become generic, because you almost force them to become generic because of the abuse you will give them for their opinions or the abuse you'll give them for being, trying to be, like I said with my tweets, I threw in a little bit of hyperbole, I threw in a little bit of humour, because you don't like it now, regarding, just to touch on that, Ziyech was an Ajax player when I made that joke or when I made that slander. He was an Ajax, a rival player in our group scoring against us at the bridge. I had to watch him stand in front of me and sulk while he scored. That's, that's quite triggering, but no one wants context. Do you know what I mean? I didn't slander him when he was a Chelsea player, but because Twitter, again, big accounts, go back to December, drag it up, abuse, then you, like, if, you know what I mean? If someone turns generic, you can't blame them. So that's just my piece. I'll, I'll give you short and sweet. I know the Twitter laws. Don't try and police me. So don't give a fuck. If you're going to try and police me, you're not the Twitter police guy. So I don't care what you say. I'm going to say what I want to say. Negative, positive, generic, tweeting things for likes, flip-flopping. I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't care. I'm, I'm going to do me. You know, like you can, you can enter my mentions. You can send death threats. Like, I don't care if you're, if you're sending death threats, then like rock up. Like, I'll, like we can meet up and, and we could deal with business, you know. I I, I don't have an issue with that. I'm not sending I'm not sending anyone anyone death threats on Twitter.com, bro. I, I honestly don't care that much. I'm just gonna tweet whatever I want, whatever comes to my head. I'm gonna tweet, and there's no one that can stop me except for Twitter. But we know the laws, so they can't stop us, can they? Fair Ooh, enough. Game, I mean, that's it. Now, once again, Miliano, you're just showing your, you're showing your real personality to all the, the all, all people that are listening to at this point, man. Oh, my days. But, guys, with all that being said, I'd just like to thank every single one of you for coming on to this episode. I mean, before we all managed to get on here, you know, we all had our different things we're hopping on and, like, everybody was sort of busy. But I really appreciate you coming on. And um, is there anything else anybody has to say before we all, like, sign off? Follow the account, boys. Fuck off. Just, just fuck off. Just fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but see, Yano, PYS, I really appreciate hey, you guys coming no, on. Joseph. Nah, Cheers, he's bro. shameless, fam. He's shameless. But thank you guys so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. PYS, thank you for coming on as well. I know this is your first time on the pod. Hopefully not the last. And um, yeah, yeah, man. I'll, I'll come on anytime. It's fun. Um, mm. I do enjoy talking, especially with accounts I like as well, you know, so it's good. You know, we, we have our differences, me and Mediano, you know, we troll each other and take the piss, but he's intelligent. Um, you know my thoughts on Matisse, so he's a great guy. So, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I hear that, and I really, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm waiting for also nothing positive to say about me. Mate, I'm trying to be yeah, nice to the guest, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'll send you a DM later. I won't, you know. Oh my days. I'm not bringing you up here. I'm going to send you a DM later. Don't worry. Oh my days. Oh my I'm trolling now. Nah. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. I'm trolling now. Nah, nah. Thanks for having me on, like, genuinely. Uh, you know, you, you know your, your podcast is banging. So I liked your episode with Dubois. I think that was great. I listened to that. So yeah, just keep it up, man. It's good. You know, we've got a lot of accounts doing podcasts now. You've got Alex, you got Con and, and uh, Dan, and then you got you and a few others that I probably missed. But yeah, you know, just keep grinding. That's all I said. All right. Bless my G. Thank you so much. I mean, I've been violated on this podcast like mad today, but it's calm. It's calm. We keep it moving. So, guys, that's been us. And um, in case you're still here, if you're still listening this far into the pod, I can tell you now, if things do not go to shit, our next guests 
is going to be Liam Toomey. And I'll catch you guys in that episode. It's going to be a madness. All right, I'll speak to you guys soon. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Easy.